Welcome, everybody, to the Hot Tag Hooligans Wrestling Podcast Show. Tonight with us, my name is Aaron. Tom's with me as well. But tonight, we're joined by none other than Bradley Prescott the Fourth. Bradley, how are you doing, sir? Hey, living the dream like always. <laughs> what What is the dream for you? Hey, man, when I find that out, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, let's Let's give everybody a little chance who who are not that familiar with you, uh, a little background about yourself. Yeah, so I'm an independent professional wrestler, obviously. Um, I've been wrestling for just about three years now. Uh, um, anywhere from starting out in the Midwest to now to a very predominant wrestler in the West. All right. What are some of the promotions um, that you may stay I mean, through? Yeah, uh, primarily Paradigm Pro Wrestling in Indiana, um, AWE down in Georgia. Uh, I've had a couple appearances. It's up in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and I mean, really just anywhere that'll have me, I'll come drink, party, have a blast at that fed. I've been uh, I've been watching a lot of your videos lately, and I'm really getting a kick out of your gimmick. Um, is this something that you have kind of put together yourself, or is this kind of just you and how you you know want to enjoy your time and have fun? Because I really feel like deep down you're enjoying yourself while you're out there. And I feel like it is definitely a reflection of you personally, even though I don't know you, I just feel that. Yeah. Uh, so basically I'm just a fan of wrestling. Like that's all that I am. Um, I was also growing up in life. I had a very huge influence from natural light. Um, so two and two go together perfectly. Um, I enjoy drinking, have a good time, and when I get to bring it out in the ring, that makes it even better. Uh, I like to name drop all the time. I was hanging out with a good old Rich Swan, and uh, we decided that if you can pop the boys, you can pop the fans, because at the end of the day, the boys are the biggest fans. We've seen everything. So I just try and go out there and do things that I think I would enjoy to see. And then in turn, I'd like to think that it makes the crowd enjoy it too. So at the end of the day, it's just me and I'm just having fun out there. So when you decided to get in professional wrestling, um, what were the steps that you actually took to get into it? Were you an athlete in high school and it just was an easy transition for you? Yeah, I, very athletic background. Growing up, uh, sports was my main thing. I was horrible in school. I graduated uh, 106 out of 116 in my class. Um, so academics was definitely not a strong suit whatsoever. Um, but athletics were where I excelled. Um, I was an all-conference middle linebacker in football. Uh, I was actually a world-caliber cheerleader. So I have a little bit of a gymnastics background. Uh, I was a state pole vaulter in high school. So I think the athletic background definitely helped. Um, it was an extremely long journey for me to actually convince myself to get into the ring. It's the good old boyhood dream um, where I've always wanted to do it and good old life just kept always getting in the way. When I first attempted to join like the world of professional wrestling, I 
uh, reached out to School of Rock, which is a school based out of Indiana. I reached out like six months after they shut down and then life happened and I tried to reach out to another school and they were in the process of shutting down and it took the longest time and you'd be surprised at how not good wrestling companies are at online promoting. Um, so it took me forever to find a little, I'll call it hole in the wall promotion in Indiana to find out that they were 40 minutes away and I could train there to be a professional wrestler. So where was that at in Indiana? Yeah, it was actually right in Indianapolis. It was called WCWO, um, right in Indianapolis, Indiana, like a block away from Lucas Oil Stadium. So that was cool. Um, but like I said, I had reached out to School of Rock. They were in Lafayette, Indiana. Um, at the time, Congo Kong had a school up in, uh, I think it was South Bend, maybe Marion. And that was the one that I was going to, but it was a three hour drive from where I lived at the time. And I couldn't convince myself to do a three hour drive both ways, three days a week with that two hour practice padded in there and still work a full time job. Um, and it took me forever to find WCWO. I just, they didn't have a big internet following, I guess. Um, but once I did, you find out that independent wrestling has an extremely niche market to where once you are in it, it's huge. But until you get in it, it's almost like it's not there. And that's crazy. When you got into the actual training aspect of it, I've talked to a lot of people over the last uh, few months. They talked about, some of them talked about they got thrown into the ring within a month. And some of them said that they had about seven to eight months worth of training. Um, how was your training? Yeah, um, I got trained in a very old school fashion, I think, um, from what I hear from others. Uh, I got thrown into a match extremely early on in my quote-unquote career. I was about three weeks into training when I had my first match. Uh, it was a 20-minute long squash match um, where I just got pummeled and hazed and beat for 20 minutes straight that I ended up winning via sunset flip. Uh, which was also a rib. So that was, that was a thing that definitely happened. Uh, but I mean, training, lots of bumps, lots of running the ropes. Uh, I always hear other people say, you know, after they take that first bump, they get addicted. Uh, I see where they come from, but bumping's not fun. So like I try and avoid that, but somehow I end up taking very dumb bumps still because I'm not smart, but it's definitely a blast. Uh, and it's always good. I had a great group of guys to come up with through that school that we're all still friends to this day. I've been, like I said, a three-year journey of us still just getting beat up a ton together. Yeah, looking at, looking at your actual wrestling this year, it looked like 2020 was supposed to be a really big year for you. You took a major leap last year, and as far as your match qualities go, I know you said that you would go take a match just about anywhere work for just about anybody, you know, to try to get your name out there. Um, talk to us a little bit how COVID has really collapsed down on you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it completely paused the industry um, for, what, two, three months, and we're still just now slowly rebuilding. Uh, they just announced the collective is finally coming back, what, three, four, four months later. It's supposed to be April 1st. We're in it's going to be in October, so you guys can do math. I can't. Um, 
so I think it didn't just hit me, obviously. I know I was on a good trajectory upward of, you know, building up. But at the end of the day, it affected everybody the same. So I think it kept the playing field the exact same, if not leveled it out more. Um, because these promotions are going to be slow coming back. And they're going to really want us be more selective on their talent. Um, and, you know, honestly, it's a business and they'll want to get a better price for the quality of show because a lot of them are having to run at lower capacities. Um, so you got to make money in a business. It gives uh, some of the, I'll call them middle tier names or, you know, not hot dog and a handshake, but not the high level talents, a better chance to be working their way into the higher level um, by putting on good performances. So coming out of this whole quarantine, Corona, COVID, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, I mean, like I said, I think it leveled the playing field. So I've just been working when I can on myself, um, coming up with extra ideas, doing match studies, doing anything that I can to become a better professional wrestler, even if it's not directly in the ring right now. Um, and I'm hoping, you know, my performances coming out of it are going to be good enough to start lifting me up just to where I was already on that trajectory anyway. I always think it's uh, cool to hear uh, wrestlers talk about um, how they hone their craft and come up with ideas to be more creative all the time. Um, is there any in anyone in particular that you kind of look to whether it be someone old school or someone that you are currently that you would work with or you know someone out there that you really like to take pieces of what they do and incorporate it into your work yeah i like to i'll bounce between a couple different guys but i have a pretty core standard of people that i really enjoy and like their work and try and steal from basically steal while making it new um i mean i take my childhood favorites the people who made me love wrestling i do what they did to make me love it uh rvd is a huge influence um he's just an amazing wrestler overall uh john cena basically everybody right around my age is superhero um i always go back to wrestlemania 20 is probably my personal favorite wrestlemania uh, that's when John Cena beat the big show for the U.S. title and just the charisma he had just going out there and being able to spit out whatever at any time. Um, obviously, Stone Cold Steve Austin, if it's, you know, not obvious from the drinking and such. <laughs> but then even uh, like modern day wrestlers like um, Orange Cassidy. Um, he's a good person to look at, especially with similarities to my style. Um, just really anybody I can look at. I enjoy watching Doink the Clown um, because realistically, I'm extremely similar to Doink the Clown. Only he's a clown and I'm not, but he's the dude who will come out having a great time, throw a bucket of confetti on someone, but you make him angry and he's going to start throwing German suplexes like crazy. And I live by that. You've been kind of blessed so far early in your career to wrestle with a lot of really good talent. Jonathan Grisham's one of them that comes to mind. Um, how do you think that you've fared in those type of matches? Do you feel like that you were kind of booked a little too early for some bigger names like that, or do you think you held your own pretty well with that? 
Yeah, uh, I definitely think I held my own. Um, anytime you're working a tier that high, it's always going to be a challenge. But I also think that they themselves elevate you if you're ready for it. And I definitely think I was ready for it. And it definitely helped create me to who I am today. Gresham was obviously the most recent um, way back. I don't even think there's footage of it. I got to wrestle Eugene. Um, and he was another one who, I mean, just you guys know how good Eugene is. Just character and actual in-ring work. Um, he's the phenomenal wrestler. And just getting to talk to him afterwards and just those little tidbits of, you know, how I can get better myself and build on my character and myself. Um, I mean, I was only a couple matches in when I got to wrestle him. So that was a real huge benefit. And like you said, Gresham, he's just a technical wizard. And just watching him basically do whatever he wanted with my joints and everything while I'm in the ring with him still confuses me on how he did half the stuff. Um, but it was just awesome to get to learn from him too in that whole process. So I think it was going to be a learning experience if you're willing to learn from it. Go ahead, Tom. So is there, I, I know things with it coming back and once you get more matches and everything, is there a plan like uh, as far as current promotions that you have some things lined up for, or is there an avenue that you're trying to get down that you would like to try to uh, pave a different path, uh, you know, maybe looking at New Japan or uh, AEW, WWE? What's, what's your thought process on your career pr progression and what is, what's your want there? Yeah, I mean, the want is wherever people want me. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I've always made the joke of if I get a top moves of Bradley Prescott, the fourth YouTube video, and I get to wrestle Carter Gray, um, I've made it in professional wrestling. If I never make it to WWE, that's cool. If I don't make it to AEW, New Japan, anything like that, it's all right. It's just overall, I'm more about the journey than the destination. Um, because I know tomorrow I can blow out my ACL and my whole career be over. And at the end of the day, nothing's guaranteed to anybody in this business. So I'm just having fun with what I got while I can. So I'm just having fun taking it in stride. Obviously, I'd love to get over to the UK eventually or just Europe as a whole. Uh, Japan tour would be super cool. Mexico's a little scary. Their fans are very serious and uh, it's real to them. But I mean, I think I want to do that too. Um, but I just want to go, like I keep saying, anywhere where people want me and just have fun. Does it scare you to perhaps sign with a big company and then just lose your total freedom as far as character development? I mean, would you be happy if they put you in a clown costume and told you to go out there if you were to sign with a company like Impact, WWE, or AEW? Hey, man, if I'm getting that money. I'm going to take that bag and run with it. That's all that I know. I, uh, I have my fun. And at the end of the day, I'll always be myself. So whatever I get, you know, I'll work with it. Um, but I mean, obviously the best gimmicks are yourself just turned up to 11. Um, so through talking and things like that, 
at the end of the day, I'm honestly partially a clown. So if they throw me in a clown costume, that's probably just me turned up to 11. Uh, I, I went to a clown school for a week back when I was like 12. So I think it fit perfectly. And is it true that you're a puppeteer? Yes, that's basically the clown school I went to. I was a nationally ranked puppeteer. I was a uh, top five or six in the nation. Um, it was basically like a blind lip sync battle that you go backstage. Uh, there was about six people per section and you would go up on stage and they would play a random song and you'd have to lip sync to it behind a curtain. So they're only watching the puppet. Um, couple people get eliminated each round and then they just keep narrowing down the field and combining groups until you just have the final group of people left and uh yeah so I was right around that six seven mark or five six and they I just didn't make it that last part they played a song I didn't know so I just had to had to wing it then they played one of my go-to songs afterwards so I just remember uh the heartbreak of if I would have had that song I may have been a uh, top but which song's that I don't even remember at this point I just remember the heartbreak of sitting out there after I lost and then they queued up a song and I was like I know that song but it was just it was sheer torture that I had a song I don't even know if I'd ever heard in my life so but that's the way the cards roll so I'm a big wrestling memorabilia collector so is that something that you get into uh, or are you completely just, I'm in the business and I don't really worry about that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'm more of a memory collector. Um, I'm not a huge collector of anything um, physically wise. So I don't have much wrestling memorabilia. I have my first uh, payday framed. Um, surprisingly, it's a 20. So I just have a random 20 in a frame um, that I'll never spend just because this is that's the first money I ever got for doing the thing that I absolutely love the most. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to collect stuff, but I'm also partially scared that I might be a hoarder. So I'm scared that it'll turn into a really bad obsession. And I don't think I have space. So like, I, I like action figures. I like belts. I like, uh, I really like, PSA graded wrestling cards um, back from like the 80s, early 90s. Those are super cool to me, but I'm scared if I go down that rabbit hole, there's no coming back for me and my wife will hate me. I feel that completely. <laughs> I'm already in that rabbit hole through it and there's no coming out of it. So you, I you have, you have no idea how bad his obsession is. Like, yeah. <laughs> if there's anything I ever need, or want I usually just buy it for a uh, mouse wrestling photography Robert uh, shout out mouse um, and I just buy it and send it to him and just put it in his collection so if I ever want to see it I just look at it for him so that's uh, I just got him a tiger mask recently because I really wanted one and I saw a YouTube clip and the translation got mixed up and it said tiger mouse so I bought it for him, and I expect him to wear it at wrestling shows so that we can call him Tiger Mouse. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw where Mouse had that he was looking at, a, looked like a replica from uh, Black Panther mask on, and he was asking if he, sh if he should buy it. So he's that yeah. bad, huh? Yep, he's good. I love everything he does. So BSB, Big Starks brand. Yeah. 
So on your career, what is the one thing in your honest opinion that you are missing right now outside of the COVID stuff um, that you really need to work on to help perfect yourself a little bit better? Yeah, I think a big thing with myself is I get categorized and put into the comedic wrestler role um, a little too much. I definitely do enjoy to entertain the crowd in comedic banners, but I don't like to fully put myself in that corner. Uh, like you saw in the match with Jonathan Gresham, there's still the comedy elements and things that make it a little lighthearted, like I said, with Doink the Clown, but there is an actual wrestling ability behind it. And sometimes people get too excited with the just putting me in with another character and telling us to, you know, don't actually wrestle, just do goofy stuff for five minutes um, and being able to dig myself out of that. And it's a little hard thing to do with the gimmick um, because that's what the people expect. But I enjoy being able to show that I can actually entertain in other ways than just ha-ha goofy wrestling. I think that's a great point. Uh, I think even the big promoters miss that sometimes because having a good wrestler that has those moments make for a very good show. But I think a lot of times, like you're saying, even in WWE, especially in WWE, they go too full in that direction. Whereas if they would just have the moments and still have the solid wrestling ability and a serious character that had moments, it would be a complete different character that would get over and unfortunately they get into those uh those segments where it's just silly 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 and it doesn't have the same effect but i think you do a good job of mixing that up and just keep keep pushing that i think i think you have the the, the right idea there i think that will be the best thing yeah, and touch on Tom's point, you know, Chris Jericho, when he first signed Orange Cassidy to AEW, he was pretty honest. Like, he didn't get the character at all. But look out, he's one of the biggest stars in wrestling right now. Uh, so definitely always stay true to that. And there's there's no, you know, there's no downfall to that comedic character. And I wish more federations would have that. Yeah. So where can we see you next? Uh, so my next shows are going to be at uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling in Sellersburg, Indiana. Uh, it's also paired up with Unsanctioned Pro that same weekend. That one's in Salem, Indiana, just 10 minutes down the road. And then I'll also be in Spencer, Indiana. Uh, that's Sunday. It is September 24th, 25th, 26th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever days those are. Um, everybody has calendars on their phone. They can check that out. Um, so all those are up in Indiana. I have a nice little tour up there. Like I said, I'm based out of Georgia now. So the fact that I get to do all three, then come home is a lot better than trips I've made of going to Chicago, up to Canada, down to Tennessee, back to Indianapolis. Um, those are always, you know, a fun adventure of the traveling wrestler. But that, and then I'll be at the Collective in also Indiana. Life's easy when every other state won't allow wrestling, except Indiana. It's the wild, wild west there. Um, so I'll be at the Collective October 9th, 10th, 11th is when that is. Um, for sure, I'll be at Paradigm 
they're finishing off the whole collective at 11 o'clock uh, at night if I can stay sober enough that long um, from 11 till whenever it ends. So those are my next ones that I have lined up with everything slowly starting to get lifted up. Hopefully more things will pop up, but we'll see. Yeah, definitely hope the collective does, is able to happen and the COVID doesn't take that over as well. Cause that's just going to be one wild party of a weekend as far as pro wrestling goes. And if you're from the collective and you're listening, we're still waiting to hear some ticket information. I know that there's some uh, people are getting nerves from where it's supposed to be for WrestleMania weekend, but for some of us who now could probably go in the Indianapolis yeah. area, definitely would love to hear some of that. All right. On social media, you have been pushing very hard for Natural Light, the beer, to help sponsor you. Here's your 30 seconds. Tell Natty Light why you deserve that sponsorship. Yeah, I mean, through this entire interview, obviously, I've been drinking. It's going into my beautiful green screen background with, you know, a bald eagle holding a can of Natural Light and some bear blasting. Um I mean, it's everything I am in wrestling. They help me grow up, so I'm trying to pay it back and provide value to them. I'm the Natty Daddy, the Natural Light Heavyweight, the Natter Day Saint, the Notorious NAT. I love it when you sit big loggers. I'm wearing my Jushin Thunder Logger shirt. I'm the uh, White Claw's biggest enemy. Uh, I'm the leader of the Natitude Era. Like, the nicknames go on and on. And if you see me walk out of the curtain, there's a good chance you're going to see me walking out with at least one pack of natural light. Um, every single state I step into, I grab a case from. Um, my, all my gear is natural light inspired. Um, I have some more natural light gear in the works. So hopefully I end up getting this sponsorship. And, you know, that helps out with coming up with even more stupid ideas to help promote them and myself. You got me sewed on it. Thank I mean, you. there's so many natty, natty nicknames there. I mean, it's so creative. So, Natural Light, if you are watching this in any way, which I'm going to tell you, in, give this man a sponsorship. I don't know anyone who pushes it as much as you do. So, well, man, we want to thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, best of luck to you in the near future. Definitely, if you have anything that comes up, let us know if you're on a card uh, and you want us to help promote it. We'll be glad to help promote it for sure. Merchandise will help push it for you. Like I said, we're here for uh, the wrestlers, but I appreciate your time tonight. I'm sure there's some more important things like watching NXT perhaps that you'd like to be doing tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely yeah, have to check out that four way. Definitely appreciate your time. Uh, like you said, if you, uh, if you have a flyer for an event or something, send it to us. We'll uh, incorporate it into our social media, put it on uh, any of our videos that we do on YouTube, and we'll make sure that we get that word out there. Because I know exactly what you're talking about, about independent promotions don't always do the best job of getting the word out. Uh, and we want to be able to help get you guys uh, out in front of people. So any, any way we can do that, we're going to be here to do it for you. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. No problem. Everyone, have a good night.